Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. This message, life or death, I don't want to go long tonight. I want to jump right in. And I'm going to continue this next week. And I'm in the position, everyone, that I don't have a choice, but as a leader, as a spiritual leader, I have to speak about what's going on in our nation. I don't have a choice. I will stand before God for whether or not I had enough guts to stand up for what's right. And I'm not going to go before Jesus and have him call me a chicken. Okay? I I know that some of the things that I have to speak to you about are risky. A lot of pastors won't do it because they don't want anyone to leave. I don't want anyone to leave either. But I have to risk it in order to stand up for the truth. This title, Liberty or Death, is a part of our American history. It's a part of our American story. And we're in a position, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm glad the kids are in here tonight because kids need to hear this stuff. Kids need to walk through real talk and real issues. They ask you questions, real questions, give them real answers. They deserve it. If they're asking questions, that means they're ready for answers. Now, we can make sure the answers are appropriate for their age. But don't make stuff up and lie to your kids so they hate you later. Right, kids? Thank you. I'm not going to apologize for anything I'm going to say. This is a pro-Jesus, pro-kingdom, pro-America message. God loves our nation. Our nation is not perfect. Our nation has many flaws. You know why? You're here. There's people here. There's no such thing as having people involved and they're not being flaws. Please show me one country on the planet that hasn't absolutely blown it somewhere at some time in their history. But God has a plan for America. He has used America greatly. America stands as the picture of freedom. There is no other country on the planet that represents freedom like America. Not a single one. Now, I'm not going to degrade any other nation. I've been to lots of other nations. I've enjoyed lots of other nations. I want to live in America. America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. We're a special place, guys. We're a beacon of light. We're a beacon of hope. And God has a purpose and a plan And he will use all of our checkered past for his glory. Is there any part of your story that God can't use personally? Horrible things. I've been through some horrible things. I've watched a child die of brain cancer. I've held her body in my arms when there was no life left. And God used it for his glory. He didn't cause it. He used it. I've endured abuse, and God used it. Our nation, our people, different people groups in our nation 
have suffered horrific things. And God is still in control. Horrible things have happened. And God is still in control. We don't know why he allows horrible things to happen. But he does. He does. And America is not unique to any other country or any other people group or any other history. Every single history of every single country has jacked up, messy, disgusting stuff. And God uses America. As Christians, we have a position that we don't just represent our opinions. We represent God's opinions. When we vote, it's not about your opinion. It's not about my opinion. It's not about my identity, my whiteness, my maleness, my Christianness. It's not about any of that. It's about God's word. Christ is my identity. None of us can fall into the trap. We cannot risk falling into the trap that we make something temporary, like gender or social class or race, a higher identity than Jesus Christ is in our lives. And I know I've been told, I've been told I'm not allowed to talk about this stuff because I'm white. I'm a leader. Leaders have to speak up. I'm going to speak up in love. I love all of you. I love our church. Whether you come, don't come, like me, don't like me. I got to find out this week online somebody hated me. Oh my God, I got obliterated by somebody that I love. Stinks. So I loved them. Isn't it amazing when you love someone that hates you, how it can soften them and win them over? All of this back and forth ugliness online, it's not Jesus. You want to post something, you want to stand up for something, that's wonderful. But make it love. Make the conversation love or don't make it. If you can't speak the truth in love, you've missed the point. As the church, there are a number of things that are holy to us. Life is holy to us. The sanctity of life is holy to people of God. The sanctity of the church is holy to God. The sanctity of marriage is holy to God. I'm not backing down. I, I, I'm required to preach the Bible. Doesn't mean that I don't love someone if I have a different opinion that's based on the Bible. I want everyone to come to this church. I want people that don't even believe yet to come to this church. I want you to love your neighbor so much you have people that want to be a part of our family and they don't even like me yet and they're tolerating me because they like you. But I'm going to speak the truth. I don't have a choice. And when we vote, look, it's up to you. You're going to stand in a booth, do whatever, you, do whatever that you're going to do. But we answer before God. You understand that? We answer before God. Are we representing his identity or are we trying to represent our own opinions and feelings? I want to introduce to you another sanctity, something else that's holy. 
It's the sanctity of freedom. America represents freedom. It represents liberty. We got this 400-foot lady standing in the harbor just outside of Manhattan. Lady Liberty. It's our icon. Our national bird is the eagle. It has absolute freedom, goes wherever it wants to go. Sadly, it eats roadkill. But it represents freedom. Freedom is the cause of Jesus Christ. Freedom is the cause of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and died for freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from death, freedom from hell, freedom from slavery, freedom from uh, genocide, freedom from consequence uh, of, of, of our sins. He's freed us. The sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed, Jesus declared. We sang a beautiful song that Paul inspired. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit is, the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Paul writes in Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for the very sake of freedom that Christ has set us free. And ladies and gentlemen, our freedoms are under attack. Can I tell you, your freedom is on the ballot. Not backing down. God loves freedom. God loves America. There are two billion Christians on the planet today. And the number one influence for Christianity, as flawed as we are, is America. 95% of all missions and charitable giving in the whole world comes from America. If it's not for America, charity doesn't exist. Why? Because America is based and built on the revelation of Jesus Christ by flawed human beings who were doing the best they could. They had lots of flaws. They weren't perfect. They're in a process. But God used them. I'm going to tell you a story about a, a kid named Patrick. Patrick was born in 1736 in Virginia. His parents were immigrants. They came over from Scotland and England. And Patrick grew up. He loved to fish and hunt and dance. He loved music. And his mom began to take him to these revival meetings at church. They were Anglican. It's an old denomination. We don't know much about it in this part of the country. And there were these wild, radical people, charismatic people, called Presbyterians, <laughs> that had this radical faith and passion, and their messages were on fire. And so Patrick's mom began to take him to these revival meetings. It was a revival called the Great Awakening. It lasted for about 20 years during the 1730s and 1740s. 
Patrick, sitting in those meetings, heard a preacher, a Presbyterian preacher named Samuel Davies, who happened to be the president of Princeton University. Did you know Princeton University was a Christian school? Harvard University was a Christian school. Did you know that over half of the signers of, Declaration, of the Declaration of Independence had their degree in divinity? They had gone to Bible college. To say that we are not founded on Christian principles is fallacy. It's a lie. It was the revival, the Great Awakening. The preaching in pulpits, people that were sick and tired, pastors that refused to shut up, fan the flames of a revival that would cause the people to begin to arise and stand up against the tyranny and the government overreach of England. And Patrick sat there listening. And in those revival meetings, he began to understand, because of the preaching, that his job was not just to focus on the salvation of his own soul. His job was to focus on the salvation of society. As Patrick grew up, he went to college. He began to try to work his way through college. He worked at a tavern where he was the bartender, the fiddle player, uh, the concierge. He had a young man named Thomas. Used to come to the bar all the time and hang out. Last name was Jefferson. Thomas was 17. Didn't have a drinking age back then, apparently. And Patrick was the bartender. He was going to law school. He was starting a practice. And it was Patrick Henry who later would be selected and asked to be a part of a convention, the Second Virginia Convention, that is, it was a meeting that was held in St. John's Episcopal Church, Richmond, Virginia, March 20th, 1775. Patrick, a lawyer, had patterned his speaking ability off of the passionate preaching that he had heard as a teenager. With the purpose of using his legal mind to preach to the political sphere for God's agenda. The idea that we have that the church is not allowed to speak to politics is an absolute lie. The word politics comes from the Greek and Latin politica. It means the affairs of the cities. I don't have a choice but to be involved in the affairs of the cities. I don't have a choice. People going to heaven is my job. People are in the cities. There are affairs going on in the cities that affect the people that I'm called to reach. You don't have a choice whether you're involved in politics or not. It's the affairs of the city. Doesn't mean you run for office, but your influence has to be involved. We can't sit back as the church. The enemy would love for us to sit back and allow him to influence our world and for us to not shine our light. But we're called to shine. It was in that meeting 
that Patrick spoke these passionate words. A famous speech. He said, if we are base enough to desire it, it is now too late to retire from the contest. There is no retreat but in submission and slavery. Our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable and let it come. I repeat it, sir, let it come. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have if life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. It was those words that moved the hearts of men to rally the troops in Virginia and to fight against the British Army and to win, to give birth to America. America was born out of a rebellion against government overreach. The number one thing, the number one issue was freedom of religion. The number one point of this battle, of this fight, of this message, was the freedom of the church from the overreach of the state so that the church could be the influence on the state and not the other way around. That's why America was born. And in its infancy, it had massive issues, massive problems. An entire economy that was based on the slavery of the British Empire. And it took our nation years to break that. But it was in the very first year. Do you realize, do you know, that in the very first year of our birth, we actually had states begin to outlaw and abolish slavery? In the first year of our birth, 1776, Vermont abolished and outlawed slavery inside of that state. It was the beginning of the heart cry of America. We still deal with racism. It's real. But look how far we've come. We couldn't sit like this in a room, every different people, worshiping Jesus together 200 years ago. This wouldn't happen. We have come very far. And it's because of the freedom of Jesus Christ. And we have to keep pushing forward the truth of Jesus Christ, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And whoever is in Christ is a new creature. You're no longer Jew or Gentile, no longer male or female, no longer slave or free. You are one in Christ Jesus. That is our identity. But we're being sold a lie. We, we listen, guys, we listen to the news more than we listen to the Bible. And we're sold a lie. All of the news are liars. 
They're for-profit businesses. I know I've said this over and over and over again. I'm going to keep saying it. It's a lie. I'm going to address something that I need to address. But I don't want to address. But I'm going to address it anyway. Last week, Brandon talked, told an amazing story about a Christian woman that had an epiphany, had a vision. And she went and sat and wrote, and it was an inspired document. It was a novel, a novel called Uncle Tom's Cabin. It was based on some historical documents or historical realities, true realities, but it was a novel. It was a story. It was fiction. But it was based on truth. And it was sold to the American people as a novel that would touch their hearts and bring them to repentance. It wasn't sold as a historical document. It wasn't, it wasn't sold as a, it was, it was a novel. In our current age, guys, that stuff still happens. Fictional stories that are written and told, that have basis in truth, that are meant to stir in the heartstrings, but the difference is they're pushed off as absolute fact and history. And one of those is the 1619 Project. I'm going to read you a quote from the author. Because this project, and again, when I read you the quote from the author, I have no problem with her, with, with, with her personal ambition toward this project. No problem whatsoever. It's America. Write whatever you want to write. And, and there's a lot of truth in history that her project is based on. But listen to the quote. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones herself. I've always said that the 1619 Project is not a history. It is a work of journalism that explicitly seeks to challenge the national narrative and therefore the national memory. I have no problem with that. Good. We need to be challenged. No problem whatsoever. There are horrible atrocities. We shouldn't forget them. We shouldn't erase them. We can't erase the nastiness of our history, guys. We've got to face it and be different. Tearing down monuments doesn't change it. We need to remember it so we don't ever go back to it. But the difference, the difference is that a project that the author herself says is not a history but a journalistic work to affect a national narrative, is being sold as an alternative history. And you may say, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that is that humans don't own history. God does. God owns history. It's his story, not ours. And the agenda behind that as an alternate history is to reframe the entire 
story and narrative of America as evil from its very beginning. And that goes in complete conflict to the truth of Jesus Christ and what he's done in our nation. And that our nation is the beacon of freedom. Our nation is the beacon of abolition of slavery. Our our nation is the beacon of free rights and free speech and all of that. There is no free speech anywhere else in the world. And guess what? Now, there's not free speech on social media. Because you've got massive companies worth billions of dollars that if they don't like what you say, they, they delete it. It's wrong. It's wrong. And it's against the church. It's against the church. Guys, we have to be people of truth. We are for all people. We love all people. We, we, we are for the cause of Jesus Christ inside of the lives of people. We've got to base our whole life on the word of God, not based on opinions. Because news lies all the time. You need to do your own fact-checking. You need to dig for your own news. You need to find the truth. Next week, I'm going to talk about, on Sunday morning, the risk of freedom. Freedom is risky. I'm actually going to take a moment next week, and I'm going to walk through the party platforms. I'm just going to walk through it real quick. And I'm doing that because you as people need to make sure that you're looking at the actual platform and you're voting on a platform and not on a person. This is not a personality contest. Uh, Personally, I think both of them have personality flaws and a lot of lack in a lot of ways. It's not about a person. It's about a platform. It's about how your position as a son and daughter of Jesus Christ, a son and daughter of God, fits with the belief system. So I'm going to present to you and just show you some stuff, and then you get to make up your mind. And whatever you do is between you and Jesus. And I'm going to love you no matter what. Vote for Kanye. I don't care. (laughs) Obey Jesus for crying out loud. Obey Jesus. But recognize that freedom, Christian liberty, is on the ballot. If you don't believe it, just look at California. It's on the ballot. We have pastors in California that that have been arrested, are at risk of going to jail, are willing to go to jail for their faith. We're in an era that Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 5.20. Isaiah said, woe to those who call good evil and evil good. We're in that era. We're in that era where, where and this, guys, this is going to sound crude, but, but I was trying to find a way to explain to my 11 and 16-year-old daughters how this political game works. And I said, guys, it's, this is, I'm sorry, there's kids in the room and you're going to enjoy this, kids. It, it's kind of like the kid 
in the car with the windows up that passes gas and then blames on everybody else. That's politics. Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, it was actually me. <laughs> me. Everything, guys, everything is finger pointing. They're all passing gas. That's the answer. It's an absolute mess. But God's in control, and he loves America, and he's not done with America, and America is not evil. America is good. Freedom is at stake. I, I learned this week, this is just another example. Uh, the, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, who is related to Nancy Pelosi, that family owns California, just so you know. And he has now passed a law. It's not enough that you can't worship at church. Not a law, it's a mandate. He's now made a mandate that controls how you worship in your own home, how you, celebrate, how you celebrate Christmas, how you celebrate Thanksgiving. He's now, can I read it to you? In California now, this Thanksgiving, this holiday, no more than three households, including your own, are able to be at your property. If you have three married kids, you're in, then only two of them are allowed to come. You have to make a list of all of your attendees in your household, including your own, and send it to the government because they want to know who was there so they can contact Trace in case someone gets sick. Um, you may not be indoors. You have to be outside for Christmas. Your guests are allowed to go inside briefly if they need to use the bathroom as long as you sanitize your bathroom very frequently. Uh, this is actually on the state of California's website. <laughs> Any shade structure you use has to be open on at least three sides. Your chairs at Christmas dinner have to be six feet apart. You must provide a hand-washing station for all of your guests. You should only use a single serving food. No turkey cut to share. Single serving portions, figure that out. If you must serve out of one dish, your guests may not help themselves. The designated person who's allowed to serve must wash and sanitize their hands frequently and wear a face covering. Everyone must wear in your home, y'all. At your No, 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 not in your home, in your yard. You're not even allowed to be in your home. Everyone must wear a face mask covering all times except briefly while you eat and you must sit six feet apart while you eat. Keep the gatherings to two hours or less. You should not sing or chant. Physical exertion is warned against. If you do need to sing, sing in a voice lower than your speaking voice. This is actual real mandate in California. You think freedom's not on the ballot? You think we're not good versus evil here? It's good versus evil, guys. We're, we're, we're way beyond parties. We're way beyond any of that. We're now at the place that Patrick Henry stood when he said, give me victory or give me death, but I'm not going to live as a slave. <laughs> Period. So we're the people of God, and we're going to stand up 
And my challenge is that you vote for righteousness. That you vote for freedom. That you hear the voice of God and obey. That's all. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a church that's bold enough to stand for the truth. Thank you for being people that don't get offended easily. Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. You know who he said that to? John the Baptist. When he was telling the disciples of John the Baptist to go back and tell him that he was going to die. That Jesus wasn't coming to get him out of jail. He was going to be a martyr for the faith. The last prophet of the Old Testament. You're going to die, John. I'm not coming to help you. I am the Messiah. My job is to set free. My job is to release those from prison, set captives free. That's my job. That's who I am. But I'm not coming for you, John. You're going to suffer and die. And blessed is he who's not offended in me. Guys, we have got to get away from this mamby, pamby, sissy Christianity that is so prevalent that won't stand for anything. <clears throat> Paul said in Galatians 5, verse 1, it is for freedom's sake that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Jesus has set us free. We're going to stay free. Amen? Amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.